Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 106. There are so many aspects of Royal Caribbean Cruise that come together to give guests that fun and unique experience that we crave, cruise after cruise. And one of my favorites is the live music you'll hear on a Royal Caribbean Cruise. So this week, I'm continuing our top five series where I list my top five experiences on a Royal Caribbean Cruise. Let's look at why Royal Caribbean does live music so well and list my must-listen-to live music on board. Here we go. Royal Caribbean does a lot of things really well, but I think one aspect of the cruise experience that kind of floats under many people's radar is the live music. I think Royal Caribbean is honestly a leader in live music on a cruise ship. And you may be saying, Matt, why do I necessarily care about live music or why is it that important? And to me, the answer is it's about the experience, about setting the table really and there's obviously a lot of music everywhere you go. I mean, if you walk in the hallways, you're probably going to be hearing some music over the speakers, right? It just kind of sets the tone. Same thing like you go to a supermarket, you hear music there. You go to a Best Buy store, you're going to have music there. You know, music is a part of our experience as humans. I think we kind of enjoy having that as a, almost a soundtrack to our lives. But on a Royal Caribbean ship, music takes on a different kind of experience. It's not just as a passive experience necessarily, although oftentimes it is, but it kind of goes up to the next level. And when you bring in live music, I think it really transforms what a cruise experience is because it just adds a, a different dimension to it. And on my cruises in Royal Caribbean over the many years I've been cruising with them, I've noticed that not only, A, is there live music being played, but B, it's really good. And I think that's what really stands out to me because the live music selections, the performances that Royal Caribbean invests in, it's it's definitely not something that's just on the way side. This is a a effort that Royal Caribbean has been doing for many, many years to essentially highlight music on your cruise and make it part of the experience. And this week, I wanted to talk about how live music impacts us as, as guests on the cruise and the top five live music experiences that you can find on a Royal Caribbean cruise. After all, I think that these things are really important, and we love to do these little top five episodes where we take basically we look at the Royal Caribbean experience as a whole and pick out the very best five, or try to get five, you sometimes I go a little bit over, but pick the best five experiences from there to share with all of you. So it's something for you to look at on your next Royal Caribbean cruise. And, you know, as I said before, live music really makes a difference. One of the things I discovered when I was just on Freedom of the Seas uh, earlier, you just heard, in fact, during last week's episode where I reviewed my Freedom of the Seas experience, and one of the things I found myself doing quite often on Freedom of the Seas was going up to the pool deck, finding a nice chair, preferably in the shade, and enjoying the music because, after all, there were a lot of different performances happening on the pool deck. For me, it's just it's the ambiance, right? It's being able to be on deck, not working, sitting in a in a chair, probably wearing my bathing suit, enjoying the breeze, and listening to the live music. And they had a great band it's called Caribbean Force on Freedom of the Seas, and they played essentially all sorts of music. It was kind of almost a reggaeton, Caribbean steel drum type band vibe. And I just loved it. And this is something that, you know, I, I started thinking about on other cruises and something I've gravitated towards. And I think live music really does. It. So, so let's talk about my top five live music experiences on a Royal Caribbean cruise. And number five, we're going to start out with actually one of the newest ships in the fleet when I was on Quantum of the Seas Music Hall. Now, when Royal Caribbean made the whole big announcement about Quantum of the Seas and everything that's going to be on there and all the cool things, you know, there was the ripcord by iFly, there were bumper cars, there were virtual balconies, wow bands. I'll be honest, probably didn't make my top 10 list was live music, but 
Music Hall was a very interesting concept because Roker has never really had a dedicated space for music like this. And in the case of Music Hall, what they've actually been doing was putting in cover bands. Now, here's the thing. We all have our favorite bands, right? And we, we like hearing certain songs. And what Rokerman did was, well, let's take that to the next level. Let's bring in a cover band who's going to play, you know, maybe Led Zeppelin this week, maybe Journey the next week, maybe Bon Jovi the following week. And, you know, these bands that sound honestly just as good, close to the real thing, but in a live experience, because it's not just, you know, DJ MP3 playing. This is an opportunity to be able to not only hear the music, but dance to it as if you were at a concert. And that's what Royal Caribbean went for. And having seen, I was on two Quantum of the Seas cruises, as you all are very much well aware. And having seen what they've done over there, it's really impressive. Because during the daytime, they'll do things like maybe have ballroom dancing lessons in there. But at night, it's a great place to be. It's hopping with people who are enjoying the music. It's basically... It's a concert, whereas in other places we're going to talk about, it's more about just having live music being played for you. This is really a concert scene. There are people up and dancing. The, you know, the lights are going. I th- really think this really set an interesting tone, and it's something that I thought was unique. Not just uh, something that Royal Caribbean does, but really unique in the fleet because the music hall is something that's unique to the, of course, Quantum-class ship. So that really struck a chord with me, no pun intended. <laughs> so I'm going to say number five is Music Hall. I think it's something that if you're on a quantum class ship, maybe it's going to be Anthem of the Seas, maybe it's Ovation of the Seas, or if you're going over to China and you're going to check out Quantum herself, it's something you have to do, especially in the evening. It's a great place to go. And it, I, you know what? There were, I think on one of the cruises I was on, there was a Led Zeppelin cover band. I like Led Zeppelin as much as the next guy, you know, who doesn't love immigrant song, but or, or rock and roll. But, you know, I'm not a huge I'm not getting the light out, so to speak, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I think they really do a great job. And when you have those kind of cover bands who really understand the music, I was all I could think about was, man, I could wonder what wish we could have had this band or this band or this band. So something to think about. All right. Moving on to number four in our countdown. And for this one. We're going to one of my favorite places in the whole world, Royal Caribbean's private destination of Labadee. I know. Of course, Matt talks about Labadee. I will not talk about Labadee except for what I just said right now. (laughs) But Labadee, what I love about Labadee is when you get off the ship, you walk on that dock, you walk right into the island, and as soon as you enter the island, odds are you're going to see a band playing there, playing live music. And to me, this is the quintessential welcome to Labadee experience because you're you're excited. You finally, you know, you walk off that pier and as you literally step foot on the island, you're going to start hearing this music. Usually they're playing, if you're walking in, it's usually to your right, if I'm not mistaken, probably in the shade. And they'll play all day long. I mean, they'll play right when you first get there, all the way until the last people are running back to the ship to, to not miss it. This band really sets the tone in. You know, I, I only regret that I don't spend more time actually listening to them is usually on my way to maybe my cabana or to a beach or to go do zip lining but they are really good and you know what it's it's one of those things that kind of complements the experience and being in Labadee and being somewhere where an an island and I use island because it's not loosely because it's not really an island but being in this private destination that Royal Caribbean has you know it's the icing on the cake it's you know when you have this beautiful setting around you you know warm crystal clear waters uh, you know, perfect temperatures, labadoozies being served. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. And, you know, everything else is already a beach and, and sun and, you know, a nice breeze. And having that music there is just, to me, it, it's perfect. And and that's what I really love about this. So I think the band, and honestly, I think in many times, if I paid it close enough attention, sometimes the band is the same band that's from the ship. But it doesn't matter who's playing there. I love the idea of having some steel drum music playing as I walk onto the island. It just sets the tone for a Caribbean destination. And so 
For number four, I'm going to say the live music on Labadee. Usually they're playing right at the entrance, although I think they do sometimes move around the island a little bit. So if you're on Labadee and you need a little, if you want to take a little break from the water, maybe the swimming or the sunning yourself, check them out. They do a really good job. And again, just it, it's all about setting that tone. For number three on our list, we're going back on board the ship, and we're going to go to one of my favorite bars in Royal Caribbean, Boleros. And Boleros is the Latin-themed, inspired bar that you're going to find on many Royal Caribbean ships. I'm trying to think of ships that didn't have it. Certainly, it's on the Voyager-class ships, the Freedom-class ships, and the Oasis-class ships, and even the Quantum-class ships. They're all over the place, so odds are you've probably been to one, or if you're going on a Royal Caribbean cruise, you're going to see one. And I just love it. I love it because it's, again, it's a little bit different, and as it relates to this episode, live music really separates Boleros from other bars. After dinner in the evening, you're often going to find a live band there playing maybe salsa, maybe uh, some sort of uh, Latin-themed music. It doesn't matter. The point is, it sets that tone. It's like you're walking in to the Copacabana or whatever, uh, a nightclub in perhaps Havana or San Juan, Puerto Rico. I mean, it's they, I love what they do here because I, I'll, be, I'll admit I have never gone up and danced at, at Boleros. In fact, I'm pretty sure I haven't danced at any of these places we're talking about. But and that's for the benefit of the public. <laughs> but I, I, to me, it's about getting maybe a pina colada or a mojito, sitting down in a chair, comfy chair. And Boleros and in just enjoying it. I love it. It's something that always, even if, I, even if I'm on my way somewhere, I'm just going from point A to point B and I hear the music in Boleros, I'm stopping. Maybe I'm going to stop in for a second. Maybe I'm just going to walk by, but I am going to stop and hear the music. I love it. I think they do a really good job. And again, it's that, you know, high paced. Most of it is actually fast paced. Sometimes they have a little slow dances in, involved too, but I think it's just perfect for this kind of a bar. And the live music of Boleros really sets a tone for me. So Boleros coming in at number three. Now, number two, for live music on a Royal Caribbean ship. I already alluded to it a little bit earlier in the episode, the pool deck. The pool deck band is my favorite. When I read the cruise compass every day, as I often do, it's one of my cruise traditions each evening, I look and say, oh, what's coming up the next day? I look for the pool deck music because to me, there is nothing better than on a cruise. Well, actually, there's one more experience that's better, but in the, I love being on a cruise, listening to the music at the pool. I don't even have to be in the water. I don't even care about that. I just want to be by the, by the pool. Maybe I'm doing my... Uh, famous Matt takes a nap by the pool experiences, but I love the music. I love hearing different songs. They can play whatever they want. I don't even care. It could be Yanni, but most often it's going to be something like UB40, Jimmy Buffett, Kenny Chesney. I mean, music that you want to hear, you know, by the water essentially. And I think they just play, I, I, I can't get enough of it every day. When I was on Freedom of the Seas, I think I was there most days looking at least for their set to be able to go out there and listen to it. And the same is true whether I'm on, you know, whether it's been on Quantum of the Seas, Oasis of the Seas. The live music by the pool deck for me is just is it's the best. It to me again, and I said this a little bit earlier, but I gotta repeat it myself. It's about setting the cruise experience in my head when I'm sitting at home like I am right now, and I'm yearning for another cruise. That's why we're talking to, together about Royal Caribbean. And I'm thinking in my head, okay, Matt, I'm envisioning myself in a cruise right now. I'm gonna be. I have a nice colorful drink in my hand with an umbrella, perhaps a little cherry on top, and I've just signed the the receipt saying thank you very much for the drink. And I'm closing my eyes to take my first sip. And what do I imagine beyond this? By the pool, listening to live music. And this is, I love the, this live music by the pool. Like you have to check it out for yourself, whether you're stunning yourself, whether you're swimming, whether you're just enjoying a drink, or you're just reading a book, perhaps. If you're near the pool, usually in the afternoon, it's the place to be because of the live music. And I think it's just wonderful. I really love the, the bands that they select here. So you got to check that out on your next Royal Caribbean cruise. And you may be saying, well, Matt, you just talk, you wax so poetically about the pool deck live band. What could possibly beat that? What could possibly set the tone? And I'm going to throw you a curveball for my number one. I don't think, at least I don't, 
I'm pretty sure no one's going to be guessing this one, but for my number one Royal Caribbean live music experience, it's the main dining room. Yeah, the main dining room. Have you ever noticed this? Something we picked up, I think, on our first Royal Caribbean cruise, and it's something different. It's something I've never seen before, and I'm not sure if other cruise lines do this. I'm not going to say whether or not others. I don't know enough, but in my experience, it's only been on Royal Caribbean ships, but there's usually a performer of some sort in in the main dining room during dinner. And they're usually set up in the middle of, usually by the staircase. So depending on which ship you're on, different class, it may vary. Like on Freedom of the Seas, it's over by the the back staircase that kind of connects all the main dining room decks. But usually there's a pianist. And on Freedom of the Seas, it was a guitarist. That was really cool. But I love being able to sit, enjoy my dinner, and have not, not just, you know, some random, you know, classical music playing in the background. This is someone playing live for me some things sometimes it's broadway show tunes sometimes it's uh it's a, a classical song sometimes it's actually pop songs set to classical music it's i don't know there's something about it that i really enjoy some things one of the family traditions we always have is trying to figure out what the song is that they're playing and my wife is really good at this she's probably the much better than i am at it but we really enjoy listening to it. and i just love that in fact well oftentimes what i'll tell the head waiter is how much I enjoy it and then I want to hear more because oftentimes the we'll get in when we enter the restaurant the performer is, is playing but usually within an hour or two of uh, usually I'd say after about an hour they take a break and 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 they stop until the next dining rotation and it's unfortunate I would love to hear more of it and I always ask for more of that kind of music because I really think they do a great job and I, again it's about setting that tone. I mean, the main dining room, look, it's not as formal as perhaps it once was back in the day, or it's not as formal as some people think it. it is based on some descriptions you may read, but I think it really adds a certain essence to the dining experience that is hard to beat. And again, it's one of those cruising things that I really enjoy. So live music in the main dining room for me, I love it. Can't get enough of it, whether it's the guitarist, the piano. I think piano probably sounds the best if I had to pick, but (laughs) beggars can't be choosers. I'll take whatever I can get from it because I think they do a phenomenal job. And it's just, it's something that you really, if you take some time, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to hear over all the, you know, people eating and the waiters bustling around, but go check it out someday because I, I think it's one of the, it's one of the prettiest melodies you're going to hear, be it on a cruise ship or anywhere else. And it's something I really enjoy. So, Live music in the dining room. So there's my top five live music experiences on a Royal Caribbean ship. But I'd love to hear yours. Maybe I missed something that you think is is the cat's meow, <laughs> the bee's knees in terms of live music on a Royal Caribbean ship. Email me, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. M-A-T-T at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Looking forward to hearing your responses. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's podcast episode. As you know, each week, we talk Royal Caribbean together, and I want to make every episode a record about you, my friends. Each of you that listens to this podcast helps foster our collective Royal Caribbean excitement, and so I love involving as many of you as I can each week with our listener emails. You write them, and I'll read them. And we're going to start off this week with an iTunes review. One of the things I like to do each and every episode is if people leave uh, reviews on iTunes that help the podcast, I'll make sure that we recognize those people because iTunes reviews are an easy, free, and sort of fun way to help the podcast out. And this week, we have a review from, oh boy, this name is tough, Jen Shwitima? Let's go with Jen. And Jen writes, thanks for a great podcast, Matt. I enjoy listening each week. I particularly enjoy the podcast where you have a guest on to share experiences about itineraries, ports, and excursions that vary from your own experiences. 
Great. Perfect. Thank you so much for that review there, Jen. <laughs> He's that in quotes. But that was wonderful. Thank you so much for helping us out. And I got to agree. I love doing those episodes where we invite each and every one of you to join us on the podcast, talk about your Royal Caribbean cruise. I think that the best way we can learn about to improve our own Royal Caribbean cruise experiences is to learn about what other people are doing and what they're planning and their pitfalls and their successes. So, again, if you've got a Royal Caribbean cruise coming up and you want to appear on Royal Caribbean Blog, I'd love to have you on here. Just send me an email, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. All right, let's jump into the emails this week. Our first email is from Penelope Tolman, who writes, Hey, Matt, first off, a big thumbs up on your awesome podcast. I love keeping up with you. Very interesting and timely topics. Listening to you also lifts my mood, caused in part by lingering post-cruise malaise to the extent that I am even going back to your old podcast from the very beginning, but taking them only in a few episodes at a time. So I have something to look forward to every day when I'm working out or digging my garden. That's awesome. We're planning our 11-night Honolulu to Vancouver cruise on Ratings of the Seas for April 2016 and looking forward to spreading our wings a little bit when it comes to our favorite part of the cruise, food. So we've got some questions for you. Number one, there's chatter on cruise critic forums that Rita's Cantina in the Radiance of the Seas is now possibly permanently changed to Rita's Crab Shack. Is this correct? And if so, what can we expect from the menu? It is true, uh, Penelope. They've actually done Royal Caribbean's changed this now two years in a row. They started it last season. They did it again this season. Basically, when the ship, when Radiance of the Seas goes over to do Alaska, Rita's Cantina becomes Rita's Crab Shack. So instead of serving Mexican food, they're going to serve crab legs and other food of that ilk and actually what i'm going to do penelope is link to you in our show notes at realcreamblog.com a recent uh photo post actually i had a good friend of mine deb wills from allears.net she was on ratings of the season she posted some photos of it basically it's the same restaurant they just again changed the food and the offerings and it kind of you know suits the market that you're going to i mean i guess it makes more sense right if you're going to go to alaska you probably want to be eating some Alaskan crabs as opposed to salsa and guacamole, although I think that's crazy. I mean, there's always room for salsa and guacamole, right? Am I right? <laughs> I might have a problem, but <laughs> for the rest of you, I think there's a lot of people that enjoy that, so that's been a change, and it's only a, a temporary change. When the ship leaves the Alaska waters and goes wherever it goes, they switch back to Rita's Cantina. Number two, Penelope continues, like you, my husband and I love sushi. The drawback is the servings tend to be somewhat small relative to the prices at some of our favorite restaurants. With pricing an Izumi set up as a la carte instead of a cover charge, this can turn into an expensive meal. On episode two, you mentioned that you get a lot for what you order at Izumi's, and I was wondering if that's still the case. That's a good question. So do you get a lot for the money at Izumi? The answer is I think you do. I think it's a good value. Is it a great value or outstanding value and they're just giving it away? No, but I do think it's a very good value for what you get. We actually just had Izumi on Quantum of the Seas, and I felt that it was, it was actually well-priced. Most of the rolls were somewhere between, the sushi rolls were somewhere between, well, let's say, 4 and 6 or $7, even $8, let's just say, for easy math. And that's still a fairly inexpensive roll. And I think we I was dining there with a group. I think everybody thought what they got for what they paid was definitely worth it. I think that the... I know that when Izumi first came out on Oasis of the Season, there was a cover charge, and then you paid an additional fee for sushi on top of that. It was Maybe even better because at that point it was like, you know, you're paying like $4 for a roll, although you had the cover charge to contend with. But regardless, I think it's still a great value. In fact, I mean, you still get the miso soup and the edamame for free, which is always nice. And I think that what they offer you in terms of what you get, especially compared to, you know, any of the local sushi places by me at home, I know I'm coming out ahead on on Izumi, although my wife 
still doesn't believe me that I should then try to make up for lost time by eating an Izumi all the time. Somehow that logic doesn't fly with her. But <laughs> I still think it is a very good value. And I think that it's probably a good way to spend some money on a cruise. No question about it. Number three, Penelope wants to know, Though I love the many offerings of the Winjamer, including their Indian-style dishes, there are two items that I make a point to touch at the buffet. Their breakfast sunny-side-up eggs that are curing under the heat lamps in the morning, and their hamburger pucks at lunch. I resolved the first problem by having my eggs freshly cooked at the omelet station, but without the benefit of a Johnny Rockets on the ship, which we have yet to go to, I will not be able to partake of their burgers and shakes you speak fondly of. Is there another venue where gourmet-style burgers are available on the menu? That's a good question. So the answer to your question, if you don't have a Johnny Rockets on your ship, is, of course, you could go to the main dining room for lunch on sea days. The main dining room is open, and they usually have a burger on the menu, if I'm not mistaken. And that might be your might be your only choice, in fact, if you're not interested in the burgers at the Windjamer. The other thing you could ask for, and I've never done this, Penelope, but I'm just thinking out loud here, we're among friends, is ask them. Say, you know what? I, I need my burger. I like my burger, I don't know, well done or... or medium rare, whatever the case may be. I was wondering if you guys could cook one up for me. I don't mind waiting for it because it may take you them five or ten minutes to do that. But maybe that's an option. Maybe you ask them to maybe cook something up a little fresher for you if that's of to your liking. One of the things about Royal Caribbean is never hesitate to ask. They are The staff is so willing to make your cruise experience the best possible experience out there. But you have to ask in a lot of cases for things like this. So you got nothing to lose. Worst case, you're eating that burger or you're going maybe for one of the Indian dishes, which I wouldn't think is a bad alternative. You know, maybe that's the thing to do. So main dining room or ask for something a little more fresher. Penelope also adds, as a sidebar, I would love to get your insight on tipping. We've only sailed twice and both times opted for prepaid gratuities, which, as you know, are shared primarily among the waitstaff and attendants. In addition, we also gave our cabin stewards and main dining room servers cash tips. Given all the incredible hard work and long hours they put in to make us happy, we felt comfortable doing this and will continue to do so. Providing the level of service is fantastic as it has been in the past, but I have often wondered if we tip too much or too little. Is there some kind of guideline we could go by on how much to tip? Thanks so much. This podcast is fantastic and can't wait to hear the next one. Uh, gratuities, the topic that always comes back to talk about it. So a couple things to keep in mind. Number one, you are correct. Your gratuities that you prepay or the gratuities that are automatically added to your CPAS account only cover the stateroom attendant, the head waiter, the your main waiter in the, in the main dining room, and the assistant waiter in the main dining room. So everyone else is not included in that. However... When you make pretty much any purchase on the ship, and I mean almost any purchase, you're going to be paying an 18% gratuity on top. It's automatic. In fact, if you look at your receipt and you order a drink from the bar, if you're not on the drink package, or you go, I don't know, you purchase something else from someone else on the ship, you're going to find, that's a terrible description, but you're going to find on the bottom of the receipt there's an 18% gratuity. It's automatically been added. So when you're going to the bar and someone's taking care of you there, Keep in mind that there is automatically a, a gratuity added, and that gratuity, 18%, is certainly <laughs> more than adequate, even in the United States where tipping is very much a, a very big part of our culture. I, I think that's definitely more than satisfactory, and anyone will tell you in the service industry, an 18% gratuity is, is well accepted. Now, the thing is, you can always tip on additional beyond that, and they've got a little line for that on the receipt to it to give additional tip. I think a lot of people, A, don't realize that they are tipping 18% and then tip more, which isn't bad. I mean, there's nothing wrong with giving more, but you have to understand you're already giving 18%. So, you know, on a, on a let's say, you know, a $12, $10 drink that you're getting a mixed cocktail at the bar and you're paying 18% and you pay another $2, I mean, now you're giving something in the ballpark of like, you know, uh, 30 or even sometimes 40% tip. I mean, it's not bad. If, you, if, the, if the bartender deserves it, absolutely, that's a way to do it. But 
you should feel perfectly okay with what's the automatic gratuity. I think I do most times. Uh, on Freedom of the Seas, I'm trying to think when we we gave extra gratuity when we were at the uh, kids' clubs. So oftentimes, my daughter would say late at Adventure Ocean, past 10 o'clock at Adventure Ocean, they have an hourly fee up till 2 a.m. if you want to use their services. At the nursery, there's just an hourly charge. In both cases, when we stayed out late, when we kind of went beyond the scope of you know maybe picking up our kids by 10 o'clock, maybe if we stayed up till 11 or midnight or whatever the case may be, I would throw in a couple extra dollars because I felt, you know what, you're taking care of my kids. You're making my life a heck of a lot easier so me and my wife can enjoy ourselves and I can lose more money in the casino. <laughs> that's when I gave a couple more dollars in there. But it's totally your discretion. I think the 18% gratuity that's included is perfectly okay, Penelope. So I would not worry. And if you're if you're happy with it, with what you're getting, if it meets your expectations, that's perfectly okay too. Our next email comes from Bill, who writes, in regards to the behind-the-scenes look at onboard music on the Royal Caribbean Blog podcast, that reminds me, I know you answered this a long time ago over an episode 30 or so, but I can never find the answer again, so I went looking for it. What is the name of the music you use while doing the Q&A section of your podcast? You had given out the name of it before, I thought. Also, is the starting opening music the same, or is it something else? I really think that parts of the song under the Q&A are funny. He's just grunting at times. It always brings me a smile when you pause at just the right time and you can hear it. All right, let's pause for a second. I would say I'd listen to the music, but I don't actually... Here's a little trick. I'm not actually listening to the music when I'm recording it. It's a post-production thing, but I'm glad you enjoy the music. It's something that it's... Something I found. So the music is called, actually, Caribbean Dream. It's basically open... It's music that you can purchase that you don't have to then pay royalty on. So it's like a one-time fee I paid for. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to go purchase it yourself. I don't remember how much it was. Oh, it looks like it's $18. So I paid 18 bucks for this tune. And you can check that out there. The music that's played in the intro is actually different. It's called Day Show Theme 1. <laughs> I know, it's totally rock and roll Hall of Fame kind of stuff there. Uh, both of these are available from a website that basically you can purchase things like uh, music and graphics, things of that nature. So I'll post a link in them if you want to go check them out yourself. I'm glad you enjoy it. The grunting, I think, makes it. <laughs> I did re-listen to it. After I read this email, I actually paused, went back and listened to it. I think I heard what I think he's talking about. But hey, it, it's he's the, he's an artiste. Who are we to judge, right? So there you go. <laughs> it's a very funny email and appropriate for this week's episode about live music, although this music's recorded nonetheless. Thank you so much for the email there, Bill. All right, let's go to our next email. It's from Brian Owens of Medville, Pennsylvania. Where's my partner and I just returned from a seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise on Oasis of the Seas. I read your blog and listened to your podcast as a way to prepare for the trip. We followed your advice and had sushi one day for lunch. Izumi was a great experience. We didn't try any other paid venue. Your encouragement to do whatever makes us comfortable as far as dinner goes made us eat in the Windjamere every night. We took Jackson ties with us, but just didn't want to deal with it. We did have the premium drink package and made sure we got our money's worth, so maybe that has something to do with skipping the dining room. Small talk with strangers after a day of sun and booze didn't sound appealing. So, we took advantage of the next cruise offer and got a great deal on a 2017 Anthem of the Seas cruise. They lowered our deposit to $100 and then put $100 credit on our CPAS. Technically, we have no money invested in the booking. We also get a $100 credit on the Anthem cruise. Thanks again for your obsession with Royal Caribbean. Brian, great email. Thank you so much for sharing. And I love that you were able to, A, try Izumi, something we talked about just before, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. I love Izumi. I think they just do a phenomenal job with it, and it's one of my favorite places. And also, really, I'm happy to hear that you want... You did what you wanted to do, Brian. You went to the Windjamere every night and you enjoyed it there. That's awesome. And you know what? It doesn't matter. You know, maybe the next cruise you'll go to the main dining room and, and enjoy the main dining room experience, although you missed out on the live music I was talking about earlier. Nonetheless, the Windjamere for dinner is wonderful. I think one of the things that's really great about 
uh, the Windjammer for dinner is the variety of food. They have a huge variety. I mean, the main dining room, you're going to find what on any given night the menu will have, let's say, not counting desserts, just appetizers and entrees. I would say probably in the ballpark of, let's say somewhere between 12 and 20 items. I don't know. I'm just, but the, keep that in mind. At the Windjammer, you're going to run into 12 to 20 items just in the first section. I mean, there's just a ton of stuff. You're going to find multiple soups multiple entrees. I mean, you've got the kids section. There's a lot to choose from. And I love that kind of variety. Honestly, when I took my daughter up to the Windjammer for dinner, we remember I would take her up there for dinner before our second seating dinner. So that way she could be fed. And then I drop her off at Adventure Ocean and we'd go up there. And I was guilty so many times of like, well, what's the harm in me having a pre-dinner meal? (laughs) Oh, I could. I'm I'm only human. (laughs) I am sorry. I couldn't resist. So there's just, I mean, there's such great food up there to choose from. So I, I totally understand where you're coming from, Brian. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And thank you so much for the email. Next, we have an email from Quentin who writes, happy Canada Day, Matt. I guess you all know when I got this email. It's exciting to have your 100th episode on Canada Day. Congratulations on 100 great episodes. Keep up the good work. Do they ever do anything for Canada today? If you're a Canadian in port or do they just celebrate July 4th? That's a good question. I don't think I've ever thought about this. So one of the things I did was I actually researched it, did a little bit of work here. And there's actually a list of holidays and special events Royal Caribbean celebrates on their ships, more or less. I think and the emphasis on more or less depends on the ship sailing and all that. But in July for Canada Day, the event listed is Canadian Trivia Event. Now, granted, that's one event versus for Independence Day in the United States. You're going to find red and white blue parties, stars and stripes trivia, professional face painter, arts and crafts, adventure ocean dinner, all-American meals, special decorations, it's a little bit slanted, granted. Uh, the other thing is also Canada Day falls during a time when there aren't many Canadian cruises. Although if you're taking Alaska cruise, I suppose that would work. So maybe if you're on like Radiance the Seas, we talked about earlier, and you were having a stop either in Canada or perhaps your cruise originates from Vancouver, whatever the case may be, the perhaps you'll have more of a Canadian Canada Day presence or experience there. But it sounds like there might be one. I wouldn't necessarily bet on it, but... According to Royal Caribbean, they have celebrated a Canada Day by holding Canadian trivia. So there you go. Thank you so much for the email, Quentin. And I think our last email today is going to be coming from uh, someone who didn't put their name. Don't forget to put your name in the email. I think it's Robert, if I can figure out this person's email address. But don't forget to put your name and where you're from so we can give you credit for it. Otherwise, I'm going to assume it's Michael Poole, and then I'm deleting the email. I'm just kidding. I don't delete. I won't delete your email. Maybe Michael's, but anyway, thanks for doing the podcast and Twitter post. I discovered it earlier this year and follow you regularly. Was totally mad I missed the live show, Big vs. Small Ships. Sailed on Monarch of the Seas once, Enchantment of the Seas twice, and Freedom once. We sail on the Oasis of the Seas in November 2016, Eastern Caribbean, her first sailing that way out of Port Canaveral. You love, you're going to love the new terminal there. Hard choice. I like the Enchantment and the Freedom, but I don't think I saw the entire ship as we did the Western Caribbean trip and got off the ship in every port. The cruise director, to me, makes or breaks the cruise, big or small. That's a great point. Uh, Big Mark, Big Bong fan, cruised with him twice. What do you think on that piece? Keep up the good job with getting us the news and information that we use to choose to cruise. I did the five things on Enchantment as per the podcast. Thanks again. And this is uh, Bob Osler from Deltona, Florida. P.S. We will miss the three and four day options as they swap out the Enchantment for the Rhapsody next summer. Oh, there you go. So Rob was the, I was right about that. Thank you for the email, Rob. A couple things. Uh, first of all, you're actually, I know that Royal Caribbean originally announced that Rhapsody was coming to Port Canaveral. It's actually not going to be the case. They're actually now going to move. I believe Rhapsody is going over to Tampa 
and uh, Majesty of the Seas is going to come up and replace Enchantment of the Seas. So, quick note about that. I love your 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 tips here. You know, big versus small ships. I agree with you. The cruise director is an integral part of it. I've had some great cruise directors. I'm trying to think. Of, I mean, I haven't had a bad one. Some are more visible than others. Let's put it that way. And I've had a really good luck with the cruise directors. And I agree that they set the tone, right? They kind of, you know, there's the events kind of run themselves in some regards, but a good cruise director will really make the event even better. And there are definitely some good ones out there. Mark is wonderful. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and list them off. There's so many good ones. I, I, I Let's put it this way. I have to run into a bad one. So that's there's something to be said there. But I love having the cruise directors that really get into the experience and kind of, you know, take you as a guest and, and make you feel welcome into the whole thing. So totally agree with that. And, you know, it's... It, <laughs> man, you're making me wish I was back on board because I could really go for some cruise activities now. Of course, that's pretty much every week, so... Thank you for the email, Bob. I really appreciate it. And thank you to everyone else who sent an email this week, who's in listening, who reads the blog. Guys, you guys are amazing. I really love it. And it's because of you that this podcast and, and Royal Caribbean blog continue to grow and continue to have new information every day. So thank you all so much. And if you want to be a part of the Royal Caribbean blog podcast, if you want to be, maybe you want to send me an email, you have a question about something, maybe you read something, perhaps about the change with Majesty that he's coming back into the fleet, or so any other change, or maybe you have a comment, something you've read, something you've heard about, question, whatever's on your mind about Royal Caribbean, we want to hear about it. Send me an email, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.